All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Okay, it was interesting to see Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday talking about the vaccine passport, which is set to roll out in B.C. on September 13th, and we expect a big news conference here on Tuesday Tuesday Mm -hmm. to get a lot more details about how this thing is going to work. And she did uh, mention one new wrinkle on it. Fast food restaurants will be exempt, right? So you Mm -hmm. won't have to show proof of vaccination that, that came to go out, to like mcdonald's that came out of the blue uh that uh, was on the com- on the call yesterday we were on with her about the northern health measures that were being invoked a reporter asked about that and yeah that's another clarification we didn't have we're going to get more on tuesday maybe there's more exemptions i still think the whole restaurant aspect of this is is the the, the problem area potentially you look at that mob that was in front of vgh you look at the mob that was on the front uh, lawn of the legislature the one in Kelowna. These are not rational people. These are not people listening to reason. And there was a menacing tone to them. So just transfer those people into restaurants. And some scrawny waiter or waitress is being is asked to uh, check their vaccine uh, passport status. Those people in that in that crowd, they're not going to obey. They're not going to go along with anyone on this. So there's a, they're setting the stakes pretty high. For potential confrontation. Interesting, Ian Tossinson, who's a regular guest on this program, head of the Restaurant Association, now raising the idea of floating the idea of perhaps uh, be getting money, getting resources in order to hire security at restaurants, which is just like, whoa. But he raises an interesting point and a valid one. Well, that's a lot of bouncers that you would need. I mean, how many thousands of restaurants? Well, you know, restaurant, are there restaurants have a hard time employing staff right now. You yeah. look at, we've, we've done stories on Global about uh, in Seashell where retirees including our former, my former colleague Brian Coxford, are volunteering to staff restaurants so they can stay open because they can't have it, find enough uh, staff to hire full-time. I'm not sure the resources would be there, uh, human resources and personnel-wise, would be there to hire bouncers. If you can't hire waiters and servers, not sure you're going to be able to hire bouncers. Okay, it seems like they're making these rules up. As, as I'm sure there's behind the scenes, they're trying to figure out exactly how this is going to work. And this Tuesday news conference now shaping up as, as a big one mm-hmm. uh, as, as they try to explain how this vaccine card will work. So you anticipate that maybe there will be more, more exemptions, maybe there will be a phase-in mm-hmm. uh, when this is enforced. Well, Quebec is having a two-week uh, phase-in in terms right. of enforcement. It's not being enforced right off the bat. Again, the police are balking. You've had guests on here, uh, police unions, saying, wait a minute, I'm not sure this is our job. Uh, we, we don't have enough resources to add this particular responsibility to our already over-loaded uh, 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 portfolio, but we'll see. That's Tuesday. It's going to be a, a big news conference. Okay. The vaccination issue is is huge right now, both provincially and also at a federal level on the election campaign trail, and we continue to see Justin Trudeau kind of hounded by anti-vax protesters, and you see Trudeau, it's interesting to see him trying to kind of turn it around, and we saw that dramatic moment this week where he turned around and uh, pointed at protesters and called them those people. Mm-hmm. And I al- I almost wonder if the liberal campaign is actually liking that they're getting a little bit closer. You can hear them oh, in the background. I, I think to, to let Trudeau kind of you know punch uh, so punch these, back at them. These people represent a tiny minority of the population. When we're approaching eighty we're eighty five percent with one dose, and we're going to be at ninety percent sooner than later. And that's also going to be full vaccination status. So you got the vast majority of the public is vying into this. And for this tiny sliver 
a population who don't represent those who are unvaccinated, just re- represent a sliver of those who are unvaccinated. If they want to take Trudeau on in a public venue, Trudeau will take that any day of the week because the public is on his side when it comes to the vaccination position. Okay, and he's also trying to turn it back on Aaron O'Toole, the conservative leader. Let me play a clip here for you. This is Justin Trudeau just this morning on the campaign trail here talking about the, the whole anti-vax thing, and you'll hear him here try to turn it back on O'Toole. Have a listen. Aaron O'Toole, and yes, Yves-Francois Blanchet too, say they respect the choice of anti-vaxxers. Well, you know what? I respect yours. You've worked too hard. We're too close to the finish line to let the Conservative Party take us backwards to more lockdowns and to a slower economic recovery for everyone. Okay, Trudeau speaking this morning there. That's a better message than some of the other messages he's been offering. Again, if he wants to equate no vaccines with more lockdowns, uh, that's that's a more popular sentiment, I think, than than some of his previous policies. You heard him mention Yves uh, Blanchet, the Bloc Québécois leader, whom he uh, took on last night in a French-language mm-hmm. uh, leaders' debate. Uh, and Trudeau getting some fairly positive reviews out of that debate last night. And those French language debates are, are pretty important. And like, if you go back to the last French language debate, mm-hmm. and Andrew Scheer did very poorly in it, and the conservative numbers just plunged in Quebec as a result. And I think Trudeau needed a good performance in that debate last night. And from all the reviews, he did he did seem to do yeah, fairly O'Toole, well. Uh, O'Toole, though, also fared better than Scheer did. He didn't, he didn't hit any home runs here, but he, he basically got out of there without getting squashed, unlike Scheer in 2019. So, you know, O'Toole emerged unscathed, but he didn't gain any ground from all accounts. I'm not that I listen to it. I don't speak French. Uh, But you're right. Trudeau's getting better reviews than not. Yeah, and we've seen those debates. Those those French language debates are interesting. Even even go back to the 2011 French language debate where Jack Layton, then the federal NDP leader, did really well, and it turned into that kind of orange well, wave they, they in have Quebec. A, they so. have a bigger impact on the voter, the electorate that listens to them, than the English language debate. Does. Yeah, because it, it, it's more. It's just all about Quebec. That's all it is. Maybe a little bit of a lead off in the Maritimes, but it's a Quebec debate and there's a big audience for it. And it really does translate into um, the outcomes of some of the writings. Okay, the Liberals breathe in a little sigh of relief that Trudeau apparently did well in that French language debate last night. Meanwhile, you've got Jugmeet Singh, the federal NDP leader, whom uh, I think is, is running an interesting campaign. Singh has a kind of an interesting sort of warm style personable mm-hmm. um that trudeau can't really match like i'm finding trudeau's personal style these days these sort of breathless type of speeches it's just come come across as kind of phony uh, uh, jugmeet singh's got some charisma there's no question yeah. i've i've you know talked to him many times i've seen him on the campaign trail i've seen him mobbed by people he's got a bit of a rock star appeal when he gets on the campaign hustings now I don't think he's going anywhere in Quebec. I mean, the NDP is done. Well, they got like Quebec. one seat in Quebec, yeah, and, and doesn't don't seem to have any sign of them. No, on a surge. Just, so I think that they're a non-entity in in Quebec right now. But uh, again, I think Jagmeet Singh's looking to build his seat count in BC in particular, perhaps in Ontario. Okay, let's listen to Singh here this morning. Here is Jagmeet Singh, the federal NDP leader, campaigning today. We believe that the super rich should pay their fair share. Companies like Amazon should contribute fairly. Companies that make profits in our country should pay taxes in our country. And we could use those investments. We could use that revenue to invest in people 
and solving the problems that people are going through and helping folks out. And that's okay. our plan. Okay, it's interesting to see him going after, you know, the, one of the biggest, richest online retail in the world, well, Amazon. It's no longer going after the rich. It's going after the super rich yeah. and the ultra rich. So, and that's actually a, a change in, in um, language for the NDP. It's not going after the rich. It's because a lot of people are rich because they're property rich. They have um, really expensive homes that they don't necessarily access the equity, but they are technically rich uh, people. But he's talking the ultra-rich, and that means uh, large corporations as well. But that's sort of been his main theme through this campaign. Uh, I guess they're sticking to it because they think it's working. Yeah, Singh is an interesting guy. Like he's he's got a like he's he's got a bit of charisma. He did that photo op that this week in front of a poutine mm-hmm. truck. Yeah. <laughs> it was just. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, he's looking. He's got a realistic shot at picking up seats in BC. He can hold the seats. Uh, I think I've got to call him out this week, speculating that the Green Party is going to collapse. That they're they're beset with internal problems. Uh, Their their leaked report to the Global Mail this week uh, says uh, internally that they're um, riven by racism and transphobia, and it's a it's an internal meltdown in that party. They don't have any money. They're not allowing the leader to travel. Uh, Can help the NDP. Can they, uh, yeah, so you look at the writing like Nanaimo Ladysmith, traditionally an NDP stronghold. They lost it to the Green Party last time for various reasons. Can can the Green realistically expect to hold that, or can an NDP resurgence reclaim what is really ground zero of NDC, NDP support historically? Okay. okay, well, we saw Jugmeet Singh run a pretty good campaign last time, though, but he's, he seems to have that trouble kind of translating it into seats on Election Day. We'll see if it's if it's a different. He just runs time. out of real estate. I mean, it's really yeah. a Southern Ontario and B.C. party right now, and it's tough for them to regain footing elsewhere. Aaron O'Toole and the Conservatives still uh, got good momentum. I think they've run a good campaign mm-hmm. so far. So this is turning into a really intriguing election. We got the, um, the, the Labor Day long weekend is coming up, and I think after that, people start to pay attention. Yeah, we'll have yeah. the English language debate coming soon. Next Thursday. So this yeah, it's, it's, the campaign really begins on Tuesday. All right, welcome back. It's Baldry's Beat. The phone lines are open, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Noreen in Abbotsford. Hi, Noreen. Hi. Good morning, Keith and Mike. Um, this has probably got nothing to do with what we're talking about now. I just listened to your program with those two doctors yeah. and regarding Keith as well. You know what? Most of BC does not, does that, those protesters or whatever you want to call them, they don't speak for us, all of us. No. That was appalling. It was horrific. And Keith, I'm sorry that something like that happened to you. I bawled my head off listening to those doctors this morning. That is awful. We should be respecting these people. This is all preventable, guys. Yeah, Nareen, Nareen, thank you very good. Call. I think Noreen speaks for the vast majority of the population. I mean, it's interesting, the outright condemnation of this protest is right across the board, right across the media. You're seeing it everywhere. I've never seen that before in response to a pro- like a protest. We've seen protests at the legislature for years. You and I have covered so many of them. You don't get this visceral reaction from the general public of just how angry they are at the actions of, of protesters. This actually exceeds, I think, the Stanley Cup riot in terms of where the public's at. Uh, I mean, people were, were shocked by the Stanley Park riot, but in, in terms of the anger, blocking a hospital and blocking ambulances, that's that's something else. It, it certainly backfires in any kind of cause that the protesters are hoping to achieve. I mean, it just turns more people off than anything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's in Nanaimo, there was actually a nurse who was physically assaulted, physically assaulted, according to the health authority. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to uh, an emergency room doctor there in Nanaimo on the show this morning, and the caller mentioned who mentioned that there, there was an assault on a nurse 
in Nanaimo. I don't know. I don't know what you expect to achieve or change. Well, this is back part of them. But I, again, I was talking to a government official just to, before I came on here. She pointed out that perhaps these people live in an alternate universe. This doesn't matter to them. They're probably not consuming the media coverage the same way as most people are. They're in a completely different world. They may have thought they succeeded here because they had so many people oblivious to where public opinion's at. Let's go to uh, Alan on the line in North Van. Hi. Oh, hi there, Absar. I'm a little bit nervous, but my, my question is regarding uh, how the vaccine passports are going to affect children with special needs. So, so specifically, I won't mention the, the program specifically, but uh, I have a child who's 15, so he was he's obviously over 12, and he's not eligible to get the vaccine, and so how would that affect his programs? Well, we're going to find I mean, out on Tuesday. You don't have the answer, but like, did you know if that's being addressed, Keith? Yeah, well, so, well, uh, good question. We're going to hopefully get the answer to that on Tuesday. Uh, there are no exemptions to the vaccine passports. That was what was made clear before. But, again, this is a this is a moving target in many ways. It's evolving. So uh, there, we, we need some clarity on a number of issues, and that's one of them. Well, you know, Thank when you. We, w- thanks for the call. When we see the crowds at those protests, I mean, you get the conspiracy kooks uh, and a big per- percentage of them, but there, there are also people, I think, have got legitimate... Um, concerns and questions about how this vaccine passport is going to work, like the caller, for example, who has a you know a son with a disability. Well, does uh, it, so if you have a disability, it doesn't mean you're, you're not eligible for the vaccine. Let's make that clear. Yeah, but some people are, though. And, some people are, but don't make a blanket statement. I'm not making a blank, blanket. I'm, I'm not making a blanket statement, but I'm, I'm saying that people some people have people, access to the vaccine. Very, yes, very yes. small, very no, small sliver of the of the population. I'm talking about the the very small number of people who've got a rare medical condition that prevents them from taking very the vaccine. Small. Very small. And I'm going to speak to uh, Helene Boyd, uh, the director of Disability BC, about this exact point at, at, uh, later in the show. So I encourage you to stick around for that. Um, That's one area where I think there may be um, a change. I wouldn't be surprised I, if there's a if change on the exemption argument. I think there should be. James in Nanaimo, hi. Hi, how's it going? Good. Go uh, ahead. Okay, so... Everyone keeps saying that everyone needs to get vaccinated and that's going to fix this. But then you look at a country like Israel, who has higher vaccination rates than Canada. They were the leader in vaccination rates, you know, a month or so ago. And now they're getting 10,000 cases a day mixed between fully vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. And their hospital rates are mixed almost 50-50 between fully vaccinated and unvaccinated people. So it kind of seems like we're going to head in that same direction. No. So don't look just at Israel. Look at other countries as well. So Israel was the first out of the shoot in terms of vaccinations, but they also were first in terms of having a very short interval between the two doses. And that's one of the reasons they may have a um, bit of an issue right now because their interval was so much shorter. They had double doses over a relatively short period of time, which may not have allowed the first dose to build up enough strength. So look at other jurisdictions where you're seeing double dose, d- double dose population, where the cases are starting to decline. Uh, don't look at just one country for trying to figure out where everybody. And else I is encur- encourage people to just look at the rates of infection right here in our own province, where if you are unvaccinated, you're twelve times you're twelve times yeah. greater risk of catching the virus, thirty four times greater risk of ending up in the hospital, eight times greater risk of dying from COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why we're trying. Yeah, so don't the trying to get people don't vaccinated. cherry pick countries to f- try to build a case on something. Look at uh, a more global uh, universe. 